Hey, welcome back to Why They Did That. It's been a while. We know you've been waiting patiently, and now the time has finally come. We've been working so, so hard on putting together a full season of episodes that we think are going to completely transform how you see not only certain Bible characters, but the Bible itself. And not only that, we have much more content planned too. Over the past few months, we've been putting tons of time into setting up a Patreon page that offers you a lot of additional content that you just don't want to miss out on. Many of you have asked, how can we support this podcast? Not only that, but how can we get more why they did that? Well, Patreon is the way. You can visit patreon.com forward slash WTDT and become a member for as little as, wait for it, $2 a month. Now, if we get enough patrons, instead of having 12 episodes a year, we could feasibly be looking at 30 episodes a year. So why not just press pause now, head over, the link is in the show notes, and check it out. And before we get into the episode, a message from one of our brand new sponsors. Studying and understanding the Bible can be difficult. Even just finding the time to do it is a challenge. But what if it wasn't? Luminate is a brand new app bringing you a collection of inspired commentaries on both the Bible and Christian history in a unique way. How? Well, it's not one of those old, dated, monotone book reading apps. No, Luminate is an app that gives you the control. Want a different voice? Choose it. Not feeling the background music? Change it. Feeling the need to upgrade your devotional experience? Download it. The Luminate app is available on all platforms now for free. So go check it out. I'm Dean Cullinane, and you're listening to Why They Did That, a show that explores the motivations of biblical characters and how their choices can guide yours. We thought we'd start episode one at the level we feel most comfortable operating, deep. And to go deep, you've got to be willing to pull back the layers to be vulnerable and open, to be exposed, perhaps in ways not before seen. Our guest today does just that. His name is Sebastian Braxton. Not only is he actually the CEO and co-founder for Luminate, the app you just heard of, Sebastian is involved in multiple ministries, many of which he played a part in starting himself. He's married to his one and only wife, Candice Braxton, and together they have four wonderful children. A world-renowned speaker, Sebastian has played a prominent part in the growth of a youth ministry called GYC, Generation of Youth for Christ. But he wasn't always on the straight and narrow, much like today's character. Now, the book of Genesis is full to the brim with some of our favorite Bible characters. 
You've got Adam and Eve, Noah, Abraham, Joseph, and so many more. But central to this book, both literally and figuratively, is Isaac and Rebekah's son, the heir to the promise of Abraham, Jacob. Jacob's name means deceiver. And as we get to chapter 27, we see just why. He has been promised by the word of God himself that although he is the younger brother, the father's blessing is to be his. But patience is not his strong point, nor is it his mother's. And together, they hatch a plan that sets Jacob's life on a course he could never have imagined. The Bible says, and it came to pass that when Isaac was old and his eyes were dim so that he could not see, he called Esau his eldest son, and he said unto him, My son, and he said unto him, Behold, here am I. And then he goes, talks about in verse 2, his death is coming. Mm -hmm. Now, therefore, he says, take these weapons, right, your quiver, your bow. Verse 3, go out into the field, take me some venison, make me some savory fruit that I love. And then he says that I may eat, that my soul may bless thee before I die. So, of course, Rebecca and Jacob are overhearing this, right? Because we're not in like a hotel and a huge mansion, right? That's just not how they live. So this was audible. And it says in verse 5, right, Rebecca heard when Isaac spake to Esau his son. Mm -hmm. So she's overhearing this, knowing full well the will of God is that he blessed Jacob. Yeah. But Isaac's personal preferences for his son Esau overruled what he knew God had said. And it's always interesting to me when God calls individuals and other people are not present. So it's like he calls Abraham, but Sarah's not there. Mm. He calls Peter, but Peter's wife's not there. He calls Noah, but Noah's wife's not there. So now with Rebecca, he told Rebecca, but Isaac wasn't there. Mm. She was out there praying and saying, Lord, what's going on? And it's funny that this, it seems like this is almost like a generational thing. Yes. Because you have with Abraham a very similar situation. There's a promise, but I'm going to have to step in and make sure that comes true. Yes, that's right. And then you have the exact same thing, what, two generations down with Rebecca, who's like, well... This is what God said, so we're going to have to step in and do something about that. <laughs> and and it's funny because one of my favorite historians, um, Will Durant, in his book um, on world history, he says in the first sentence of the book, the greatest lesson of history mm. is people don't learn from it. Mm. And you're thinking, you of all people know this story. Yeah. You know how this goes when you take it into your own hands. And you've seen the results. How is it possible, right, that this could actually take place. But like you said, generationally, that is the greatest lesson of history. And that's why it's a crime in our time that so many young people are removed from their origin, mm. removed from their history. And so many parents hide the evil in their past. They hide their weaknesses and mistakes and the ways by which they thought when they were making these decisions, they just want their kids to be better. But how, they, how are they going to learn? Exactly. You got to tell me in what they don't recognize is because we love them and respect them so much, hearing that they made mistakes helps us not be insecure. And at the same token, gives us hope because we're like, oh, if you could overcome that and I love you and respect you the way that I do. I mean, there's actually hope for me. Like if, if your leaders are messing up, yes, then you know, there's a chance that you who have messed up can be a leader one day. Yes. And and you understand that you respect your leaders more. 
mm-hmm. because they tell you, because they're willing to admit that they're wrong. Yeah. It's the greatest way to damage your child is to not be able to say sorry. Mm. It's not to be able to own it and say, you know what? Papa was wrong. Yeah. So when you come to Jacob's situation, all his life, his father has preferred his brother. Yeah. All his life. And Abraham went through this with Isaac and Ishmael. And when Isaac was born, it was a problem. People were in their feelings, right? And it's just like, well, Sarah's like, yep, my son that I bore, right? <laughs> He's here now. And so that whole Hagar thing, send her away. But Abraham still loved his son. Yeah. Ishmael was his son. And so you still had that division that, no, Isaac is the child to promise. And sometimes we look at that story and don't understand what that might have done to Ishmael and how that might have made him feel mm-hmm. as Abraham's son. Yeah. And we understand that it was a mistake. It should have never happened. Um, but he's still human. Do you think then that, you know, when it comes to the case of Jacob, that that what he's about to do is is more than just an act, mm-hmm. i.e. I'm going to dress up like my brother. Yep. But more of an actual, like, longing of the heart, like I wish I was him. Yes, that's exactly right. Because your dislike for something you can never be. Mm. Like if you dislike me because I'm not a good pianist, I can become a good pianist. But if you dislike me because my skin is dark, I can never make my skin not dark. Right. right? If you dislike me because I'm six foot two, I can never not be six foot two. Yeah. So for Jacob, it's like, when even when it, Rebecca's trying to guide him and, and say, hey, this is what you need to do. It's funny in verse 11, right? <laughs> it says, Jacob said to Rebecca, his mother, behold, Esau, my brother, is a hairy man, and I am a smooth man. My father, peradventure, will feel me, and I shall seem to him as a deceiver, which is his name in Hebrew. I will seem to him as Jacob. But I don't want to be Jacob. Because that's not what my father wants to bless. I want to be what you want to bless. And he says, and I shall bring a curse upon me and not a blessing. So it's like, that's all he wanted was a blessing. And when people strive for awards, for position, for recognition, for affirmation, that's really what they're saying. I just want a blessing. I want to be blessed. So it's like you walk on the Academy Awards, best picture, best director. It's like the Academy blessed you. Mm. They said, you know, with the whole Will Smith thing and that whole thing that happened at the Academy Awards, it was like him winning that award was like, you were blessed. You are now in the sort of annals of film history. You can't tell the story of film without talking about this actor. And, you know, obviously the tragic thing that happened, but ultimately that's why it hurt him. Because that was his moment to be blessed by the Academy. Right. And it's like, how could I mess up such a perfect moment? Mm -hmm. And in the same sense, people on social media, I need followers, I need likes because you're blessing me. And that's affirmation. That means I'm on the right track. That means I'm a good person. I'm valid. I deserve to be alive. And when I was a kid, you know, I was got into theater and acting and I did it because I liked it. But I think there's also this subtle thing that I could receive applause. So it's like, well, if I just pretend to be this character and I do it so well, everyone's like, wow, that was amazing performance. And yet everyone's affirming my character, not me. And and there wouldn't be 
a bigger blessing than to be blessed for who you actually are. Yes, that's right. And I think the fear of of that's not going to come if I'm just like me. That's right. I'm going to have to try and be like the people I see online. Correct. I'm going to have to try and be like the pastors and the speakers if I'm going to get recognized or, or the women that are dressed like this if the guys are going to notice me. That's right. And then when you get that blessing, it doesn't really... It doesn't feel like it is what you thought it would be because it's not for you. It's for the person you're pretending to be. That's exactly right. My dad, you know, used to say that when he used to talk to me about fashion and clothes growing up, we'd always say, you know, people buying Nike and back then it was like Fila, Mm -hmm. all these other crazy brands. And I'm like, oh man, I need to get some Fila's. I need to get some this, Reeboks, like. I remember when Allen Iverson was playing basketball, they had, like, the pumps. Mm-hmm. You had to, like, pump your shoes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, yo, I need the pumps, man. Like, and you're just thinking, like, if I could just have those, like, you just walk through high school with more confidence. Like, yo, I got these shoes on. Mm-hmm. I know I'm tight. It's like, I know it. I'm it. I'm it. Because I got these shoes. And it was all because someone else, mm-hmm. right, who was getting the recognition, who was getting the affirmation, had those things. And... Because of that insecurity, like you said, that I cannot be blessed as myself. And the fact that Isaac was misrepresenting the character of God by the very thing that he was doing, which is the irony is that he is the patriarch, was the representative Mm. of this. And he destroyed ultimately his family because of it. And you see that it wasn't just physical blindness by which he was suffering. There was another blindness inside of Isaac's life. And that blindness as a father destroyed and only deepened the insecurity of his son. And so when I look back at, you know, my own experience and why I resonate so much with Jacob is like, yeah, like if you're only going to bless people who can preach or you're only going to affirm people who wear long skirts and who are vegan and blah, 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 then that's what I need to become. And even, even your conversion isn't enough. That's right. Like finding Jesus isn't enough. You need to find him and then be like that. Oh, yeah. You got to fit into the community. Because everything comes studying, how do I get that mm. blessing? How do I get people to bless me? Mm. And for Jacob, he's so stuck in this that he's willing to go to the extent of wearing hairy things, taking the food from Rebecca, a meal he didn't prepare, to put on clothing to make him feel like he's not who he isn't. So he didn't prepare the meal. His skin is not hairy. And the funny thing is he could never change his voice. Yeah. Even when he came in. So it's funny when you go to the story and he comes in in verse 18 and he said, my father, and he said, here am I. He says, who are you, my son? Because you can tell Isaac's confused. And Jacob said unto his father, verse 19, I am Esau, your firstborn. I have done according as you, as thou badest me. Arise, I pray thee, sit and eat of my venison that thy soul may bless me. There it is again. And I mean, you could just see him like, that your soul may bless me. Like, yes, like this is working. And Isaac said to his son, how is it that thou hast found it so quickly, my son? Mm. And he said, because the Lord thy God brought it to me. (laughs) Now you invoke in Jesus's name Mm. in your deception. Oh, because the Lord brought me all these followers on Instagram. Because the Lord blessed me with, you know, the ability to speak at, X, Y, and Z conferences into the UN. Like, because the Lord brought this, like, mm, 
<laughs> it's like you pretended to be somebody else for some food that someone else prepared. Mm-hmm. Oh, the Lord brought it to me. And so he's covering with this religious language. And Isaac said unto him, unto Jacob, Come near, I pray you, that I may feel you, my son, whether you be my very son, Esau, or not. And it's painful that he says, my very son, Esau. And I know it hurt Jacob to hear it. Yeah. And Jacob went near unto Isaac, his father, and he felt him. And this is what he said. The voice is Jacob's voice, but the hands are the hands of Esau. The one thing he could not change was his voice. Who he really was on the inside. Mm-hmm. You couldn't pretend that. You can't speak Esau's voice. You feel like him. You smell like him. You got the venison like him. But I was like, the voice is Jacob's. And the question is, right, what is he going to trust? What he hears what he feels. And so obviously we know the story, right? He blesses him. And it's interesting that as you kind of transition into the exile, right? They end up having to send him away. Esau's furious, right? Yeah. I'm going to murder you. And they're like, look, your brother's going to kill you. <laughs> if you stay here, you have to leave. Mm-hmm. And you need to go get a wife. <laughs> and you got the blessing. Go have a child. That child receives the blessing, blah, 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 blah. And he never sees his mother again. Never. And it's crazy that it was under his mother's guidance that he did it. Yeah. And it was like she didn't also realize her part to play in deepening his insecurity. That he had to become Esau. So even her perpetuating that insecurity by encouraging the deception Mm. so it's like i'm gonna make you more deceptive than you already are because we know what he did to esau when he came back from hunting he was starving i'm gonna perpetuate this even more by telling you no you gotta dress like esau yeah if you want a blessing you gotta dress like this and i will help you i mean it even it even you know you take it then to to today and there is this kind of societal philosophy that you know, you just need to be you. Right? That's what people are saying. Like, you need to find out who you are because you might not even be who you are. Yeah. You know, and <laughs> there's this insane desire for everyone to be a completely different person yeah. and completely unique. Mm-hmm. And in that sense, everyone becomes the same. And it's being pushed by the the one who wants the best for him, but is so misguided as to how you are to achieve becoming who you were meant to be. Yes. She's like, I want you to, you're the son that God said was going to receive the blessing. And she wanted him to walk in that. And he's her favorite as much as, as much as Esau Esau was his father's. But yet the way that she goes about that, as you've said, doesn't just, you know, change the course of his life. Mm -hmm. It changes the whole course of their family. Yes. Like this, the most important family in the scripture. In the world. Yeah, and, it, and it's it's completely altered because she's seeking for God's will to be done in her way. And I think she bears the price for this. Oh, yeah. You know, she doesn't see her son again. 
And I would say in many, in, 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 in the most severest way, she never really knew her son. Yeah. Because she never gave him the opportunity to be him. That's right. That's exactly right. Because if she had said, go in there as Jacob mm. and remind your father of what God said. Yeah. How affirming that would have been. Your father can bless you as you are. You don't have to pretend. You don't have to cook any venison. You just go in there and you tell your father what God, the God that he worships, the God that blessed him with a hundredfold in a land of famine, the God that literally is the reason why he's alive twice, the reason why you were ever born and the reason why you were not sacrificed. That same God spoke to us as parents and said that blessing goes to Jacob. It was God that chose Jacob. It wasn't meant to be Isaac's choice. It wasn't even meant to be Rebecca's choice. Children need guidance, yes. Instruction, yes. But it's not the role of the parent to play God. How often do we rob our children of the opportunity to serve God in the way that he wants, just because it doesn't align with what we want? In a day and age where everyone is so desperate to be who they want to be, we ought to be encouraging our young people to be who God has called them to be. So when you when you look at the, the experience that Jacob is, is kind of facing, to me, it resonates so much more with the fact that I, with this generation, with my growing up, of all the things I felt like I had to pretend I had to be. And so you become a people pleaser. You lie a lot, right? You claim things that you know are not true. You exaggerate. Mm -hmm. you, you try to compensate for things you're lacking or you feel like, man, that person does that a lot but I don't really do it as much as them. And I feel less than if I admit that. Crazy thing is one time I was preaching in a country, um, I'm not gonna say the place, <laughs> but so I might expose somebody. Mm. But um, I arrived after a couple speakers were already there. Mm -hmm. So when I arrived, um, I greeted everyone and I was like, yeah, I'm extremely exhausted, took a nap got up and they're like, hey, do you want to eat, Brother Sebastian? I said, yes, please, thank you. Sitting around the table and I'm thinking, we're just casual conversation, 12 people. And these young people just barraging questions to me. And I'm like, well, this is kind of how I see it. And the Bible says, da 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 right? So going through this thing and it's bam, right? So this other speaker chimes in, another speaker chimes in, another speaker chimes in. And I'm just eating my food like, oh, yeah, good point, you know, whatever, eating my food. And the young people keep redirecting back to me like, hey, so Sebastian, what do you think about that? What do you think about this, right? And then after I say, well, you know, I'm finished eating. I'm going to brush my teeth. I need to get some rest before I preach tonight. And then they're, follow they're like, wait, before you leave the table, right, can we just ask you a few more questions? So I was like, all right, I can give you two more. I got to go. So I answered their two questions. I leave the table. I get dressed. I'm coming out in the lobby. And we're at the union office of this country. And one of the speakers pulls me aside and says, hey, can I talk to you for a second? Sure. 
He said, yeah, man, the Lord touched my heart to tell you that, you know, I have jealousy, you know, against you. I'm like, what? Jealousy? What are you talking about? He's like, yeah, you know, I'm just used to being the center of attention. And it's like, wow. since you arrived, like, they keep asking you questions. They keep coming to you and blah, blah, blah. I was like, bruh, you can have it all. Mm. I'm an introvert. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> I like to stay in my room. If you could take it all, I will <laughs> gladly yeah. deliver it to you and go back to my room and relax. I said, I love preaching the word of God. I love kicking it with people I know mm-hmm. and that I'm cool with. Exercise. But outside of that, I'm not interested in any of that. But I feel an obligation mm-hmm. to say, look, these young people brought me here. I should invest in them. I yeah. should pour into them. But it's not about attention. Mm-hmm. And so he's like, well, but they're just coming to you and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, Lord, why are they going to him? Like, blah, blah, and the third, right? And he's like, I was in the movement before and I was preaching before. We got similar testimonies. <laughs> he's going to this whole thing. And I was like, look, man, it's all good on my side. Mm-hmm. And it literally bothered him the rest of the time. You know, he was like, and I was trying to affirm him and say, look, man, I know your ministry. I'm familiar with what you do. We're good. Like, I support you. I'm happy. Any one of us here could be the main speaker. Yeah. Easily. So I was like, I understand what you're going through. I used to deal with the same thing as a preacher. I would arrive and I'm like, this dude started Wildwood, Pastor Skeet, Pastor Maurice Berry, you know, I'm like Dr. Pippum, all these other people are preaching. I'm like, what am I doing here? Right. <laughs> I was like, I'm like a nobody. Mark Finley, Doug Bachelor, D- Dwight Nelson is like, and we're here because <laughs> I was like, you are, and how am I the main speaker? Mm-hmm. So I'm like, I used to feel that way until I realized, like, no. A young person in Rwanda told me, said, Sebastian, you see, Pastor Skeet preaches that, Dr. Pippum preaches that. Dwight Nelson, you know, Doug Basher, Mark Finley, he's like, they preach it. We expect them to say that because they're old. They said, the thing that makes you different is that you're young. You're my age. You're 25 saying that stuff. Mm-hmm. And they're like, that's different. And so your ministry is unique. And you have to accept that and be okay with that. And there's certain things he can be, I cannot be for the same reasons. And so I told this guy, I said, look, when I came to peace with that, I was good, man. Like, I can affirm anybody. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I will tell anybody, hey, man, please have at it. I support it. You preach the word. I want to hear it. Because it's all for the same purpose. That's exactly right. And I'm like, I love the word of God. So it, it coming into ministry, right? You know, as you deal with Jacob's sort of like wandering time, that insecurity keeps following him. The past keeps following him. And it's like he leaves his family. He falls, you know, falls asleep, has the dream on the stone. And you have this fact that it's like, man, I'm lost. I'm messed up. And I remember you know, after I was baptized and all of these different things and decided to give my life fully to God, became a missionary. It was, I mean, my family was pretty much disconnected. Like, this brother just became a Jesus freak. Like, he went off the deep end. Yeah. I was broken, but not willing to admit and own it. And I knew that, like Jacob, I had done things in my past that were still out there 
unresolved. But I was in this place. Mm. So it was like being converted was my way to escape that past. Because now I get a fresh start. No one knows me as Sebastian from the streets, Sebastian from the gangs, Sebastian from my, you have a 3.98 GPA, but people have no idea the devil you are. Mm. Because you're articulate, because you're this and that and the third, you're an actor, blah, blah, blah. So you're clean cut, put together, you're polite, you're a gentleman. It's like all these different things. And so, but I had real demons mm. that I was dealing with. And the, 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 the fact that that follows you and dealing with my own Labans and the people who are exploiting you because they could see that insecurity. They could see, for example, in Jacob's life, how much he loved Rachel. Mm. I'm going to use that to my advantage. And I'm going to control you and I'm going to manipulate you and I'm going to deceive you and I'm going to do to you what you did in your past. So it's ironic that he spends his whole wandering time before he returns home suffering 20-something years of what he just committed of being a deceiver. Yeah, no, no, if you... If you work seven years, I'll give you Rachel. Actually, no, you got to marry Leah because, you know, we can't marry first. What? You got to work another seven. Okay, fine. Da, da, da. Okay, now, now you got to work another seven. It's like, what? It's almost as if, like, if he hadn't, if he ended up in this situation with, with Laban and the daughters and hadn't gone through what he did with his parents and the deception, mm-hmm. like, it's one thing to live for however many years, two decades almost, with people deceiving you yep. and to think, man, this sucks. Like yeah. people are just taking advantage of me. It's another thing to do it or to receive that knowing full well that that's who you are. That's right. Cause then you can't even complain. No, you can't be like, Oh, why is this happening to me? And this isn't fair. It's like, it's a constant reminder to Jacob of who he is deep down. That's right. But it is also a reminder that that doesn't work in making you face yourself. Mm. God gave him 21 years to come to the reality of who he was. And none of what Laban put him through worked. Mm. He wouldn't do it here in Genesis 27. He wouldn't do it for 21 years in that situation. That still did not penetrate him. And it was the same for me. It didn't matter what I went through to for God to show me myself in these different ways and I just would not accept it. And it's almost because you can't accept it mm-hmm. and you don't want to accept it. It's hard to come to a place where you realize you love evil. It's hard to come to a place to realize that I'm a bad dude. That's what made me hesitate to marry my wife. That's what made me hesitate when I knew we were expecting my first child. That's what made me hesitate when I sensed God calling me to preach and almost resisted the call because there was an Esau out there, unresolved because of my past, because of my mistakes, because I had not come face to face with the evil that I am. And this is why I believe, you know, as, as, as Jacob is returning home in chapter 32, The cross is an experience where every person has to accept, as I love, I think it's Horatio Bonar who said this, you have to first confess that the cross is something done by you 
before you can accept for it being something done for you. You got to realize you're the person who would have said, give me Barabbas. You're the one that would have been the false witness. You would have followed orders and nailed him, even though you heard Pilate say he was innocent. Mm -hmm. You're the pilot that would have, out of political expediency, crucified an innocent man. You are the Jews who, out of jealousy, and we will not have this man to reign over us. And he was stealing your popularity. He was stealing the people. They were coming from Greek and other Gentile countries. They would not have it. I have to see the cross as something done by me before I can accept it as something being done for me. So often we want the blessings of the cross without ever first taking responsibility for it. Jacob was tired of all that he had gone through, yet it doesn't seem to have ever occurred to him that he had brought it all on himself. And so the time was coming. Just like the time was coming for Sebastian. It's time to go home. To go back to Esau. It's time to confront your past. Stay with us. We'll be right back. I'm Dean Cullinane, and you're listening to Why They Did That. History shapes identity, identity shapes mission, and a clear mission determines the trajectory of your future. Knowing where you come from is key to understanding your present purpose and your future mission. Linear's Journey is a series of videos that will take you on a journey through time, discovering the key people and events that have shaped the Christian faith. From the Waldenses to Martin Luther to Zwingli, from England to France, Switzerland to Germany, the light broke over the horizon of Europe, piercing through the Dark Ages and then spread out over the world. As the United States of America rose to supremacy, Christianity formed the bedrock of this great nation. And so from the Great Awakening to the Great Disappointment and beyond, lineage follows the journey of God's church throughout time, immersing you in the places, the stories and the people through whom Christianity has shone the brightest. Join us on a journey through time. Follow us on social media at Lineage Journey or check out our website at lineagejourney.com. Hey, our mission here at Why They Did That is simple. We want you to know Jesus. Having a genuine devotional life is a big part of that. So if that's something you struggle with, we've got just what you need. We are launching a 40-day devotional podcast through our Patreon page. One podcast a day for 40 days, going through 40 different Old Testament characters and helping you to start your day in the Word of God. If you want a devotional life but don't have one, become a patron today. Visit patreon.com forward slash WTDT. Time is a great healer, but some things need more than that. 
We cannot always run from our problems. We cannot just hope that the person already forgave us or that they don't hold grudges. When you wrong someone, it's your responsibility to make it right, not theirs. Cease with the excuses. Go back and deal with the mess you made. Because if you don't, you'll find that that same mess is coming to deal with you. I think the desire to come back home was something that God had to prompt him to do. Mm. He was not going to confront his past willingly. And that, to me, is the next big element in Jacob's experience, is I had come to a place where I could no longer avoid Esau. I now had to confront it, whether I wanted to or not. It came to me, just like it came to Jacob. You got to go home. It's time to return. What? Now you want me to confront my past? Yes. You don't have a choice. If you promise me that when you return, we will go. And you said that, you know, I will be your God, da-da-da-da-da. And you said, if you'll be with me and you'll protect me and you'll do this, I'll give a tenth of everything and I'll go. Okay. Let's go. And I, I think about... um that decision that came to me um, like Jacob where I was forced to do it. Scariest thing I ever had to do probably because accepting yourself and all of your inglorious past is just difficult. It's just difficult. And Jacob didn't want to do it either. When you come, right, to this call in Genesis 32, he's already afraid. Right? In verse 3, it says, Jacob sent messengers of chapter 32 before him to Esau, his brother, unto the land of Seir, the country of Edom. And he commanded them, saying, Thus shall you speak unto my lord Esau, thy servant Jacob. Notice how he presents himself. Thy servant Jacob saith thus, I have sojourned with Laban and stayed there until now, and I have oxen and asses and flocks and men servants and women servants, and I've sent to tell my Lord that I may find grace in thy sight. Now, the messengers returned to Jacob, saying, We came to thy brother Esau, and also he cometh to meet thee and four hundred men. I'm about to die. I'm about to die. That's what he's thinking. Mm. My life is over. When my mentor told me, you know, um, Sebastian, you need to confront this. I told him everything. And he's like, you need to confront this. And I remember thinking like, man, I just found purpose mm. by being baptized. This was a year after I was baptized. I just found direction and community and I'm starting to find myself and now I may go to prison for the rest of my life. 
that was hard. For a person who grew up trying to be someone else, and now you found a place where you could be yourself. And now it's about to be taken away. And now it's going to be taken away. And Jacob was in the same experience. He was a made man. Laban told Jacob, I have learned by experience that God has blessed me for your sake. That's what he said to Jacob. Notice, not to Esau, not to someone he was pretending to be. I have learned by experience that the Lord has blessed me for your sake. Which was the fulfillment of Abraham's promise. Yes. You know, I will bless you to bless others. Absolutely. So he still hasn't gotten it. He's coming back. He's scared. I was scared. Called the individuals. Went to the police. Confessed all these crimes. I flew down. The crazy thing is, I flew down there, met with this detective. He puts on the recording. I had a lawyer who was a terrible lawyer. And so I'm sitting there. He is the record. And I just start confessing to all these crimes. Yep, this happened. This happened. I did this. Da, 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 right? I mean, these are like level one felons. And so I walk out and the guy's like, all right, um, you can go ahead and head home and we'll be in touch. I'm like, what? Like, I just confessed to like seven, eight crimes. Any of them could put you in prison for 10 years. Mm. Robbery. Um, uh, I did some violent crimes. Um, I used to roll with a really deep crew and did a lot of bad stuff. Um, vandalism, um, what some people, I guess the legal term for that would be um, like uh, intimidation, not stalking, but, you know, rolling up at people's jobs and damaging property and um, weapons, club incidents, incidents with girls uh, where I knew something inappropriate was happening, didn't do anything to stop it times where I was involved in it, um, sexual stuff. And so I'm just unburdening my heart. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm just like, I just want this burden gone. Yeah. I want it out. And as I um, left there and I'm driving, this is 2004, and um, I get pulled over for speeding. There's a warrant for my arrest, extradition. Hmm. Wherever you find this person, secure them and extradite them back to this state. Unbeknownst to me. So the cop takes my license to give me the ticket. I think he sees the, the warrants and everything. He's like freaked out. So he comes back to the car. He's like, I'm pretty sure this is a mistake. And I'm like, uh, he's like, have you lived anywhere else? So he starts asking me questions. I'm like, yeah, I lived in California, Illinois. All right, I think this is a mistake, right? He goes back three times. Second time he goes back, the Holy Spirit's like, you're about to get arrested. Hmm. And I'm on the phone with my girlfriend. I say, I think I'm about to get arrested. I got to call you back. She's like, what? I just hang up the phone. He comes back, for sure, arrest me. And as I'm going through this experience, right, this guy's taking me to jail. Um, and he's sitting in the car. And he he's like... In the mirror, he, I could see him checking on me because I think whatever the crimes he saw in there, he was just Freaked like, out. for sure. Because I, I look like college dude. I had a college jacket, zip up, right? I look super chill, mad nice. And he's just thinking, like, what? 
is this dude a psychopath? Like, so I said, hey, man, are, are you a Christian? You know, and so he's like, what? Like, I used to be. We have this whole dialogue, right? And he's like, um, I stopped going because some people were doing some shady things to money. Mm. And I want to be in a, in a religion full of thieves. I said, okay, well, we don't go to church for people. You go to church for Jesus. And I could tell it struck him. So then he said, well, these crimes that you're accused of, was that before or after you knew Jesus? Mm. So I said, it was before. If it wasn't for Jesus, I'd probably still be doing this. Yeah. So then he gets to the jail. I have to be strip searched. Could I was not allowed any utensils to eat. I was a flight risk. I was a suicide watch. Like, I was on all these things, like isolation. They were like, yo, strip search the dude, make sure he doesn't have anything. Mm. They wanted to check all this type of stuff, right? And some of these things I've never shared publicly. And as I'm going through this whole experience, right, I'm just like, it hasn't hit me, right? I'm just like, whoa. Yeah. I get to court and they start reading off the crimes, right, in public. And the judge says, what do you do, Mr. Braxton, to decide if I'm going to get bail? I'm like, I'm a missionary. Every head of the courtroom turns towards me like, what? This dude is a missionary. Did you just hear the list? Like, and the judge says, well, you sound, you don't sound like a criminal. That's what the judge said. This is my chance to say I'm Jacob. But mm -hmm. I didn't. So he decides to give me, um, I ended up getting released, whatever, whatever. I'm not going to go through all of that right now. But you you look at Jacob's struggle to own that, and eventually I am coming face-to-face -face with the reality that my situation is about to get resolved. There's about to be judgment. I either go to prison for 20-something years or not. That's pretty much what I was looking at. And I remember talking to Candace, my wife, and saying that I wouldn't marry her until I knew what that judgment was going to be. Mm -hmm. So I was like, you can't be married to somebody in prison. Like, that's not fair. You deserve to be married to someone you can be with, right? And, you know, she's like, I'll, I'll wait. And I was like, girl, you crazy. <laughs> You're not waiting. You're not going to wait no 27 years. And so when you come to Jacob's wrestling, right, he's praying, he sent his family ahead. He's nervous. And at this point in time, Jacob, when he rises up at night, right, he's praying by the river Jabbok and all these different things. He was left alone in verse 24, and there wrestled a man with him until the breaking of the day. He thinks this is Esau, right? He thinks Esau, like, snuck in, got there because that's all his mind is consumed with, the fear and the sensitivity to that. He begins to wrestle with someone who's actually his friend, who's actually coming to help him, but he thinks it's an enemy. It's exactly how I felt about the whole situation. Like, man, this thing is destroying, it's going to destroy my ministry. And finally, when he realizes that it's God, right, touches his thigh, thigh goes out of socket, he's freaked out, like, yo, this ain't a regular person, right? People don't touch you and put your stuff out of joint. He comes and he says in verse 26, I will not let thee go except thou bless me. And here we go again with Jacob seeking a blessing. Mm. 
now that he knows that it's God. So instead of wrestling with his earthly father, he's wrestling with his heavenly father. And what he saw in Isaac, he now sees in God. I got to be someone else in order for you to bless me. And so he's like, look, I'm not going to let you go until you bless me. Mm. And God says to him, what is your name? Tell me who you are. Admit and acknowledge who you are. That you're a deceiver. And Jacob finally says, my name is Jacob. My name is deceiver. The Arabic word for the devil. That's who I am. And it's funny that God then says, your name shall be called no more Jacob, mm. but Israel. I love that. It's only once Jacob realizes and admits who he actually is that God is able to truly change him. And God acts immediately. That too can be our experience. You have to recognize that the cross is something done by you before you claim it as something done for you. Come to God, confess your sins, admit your faults, because it's only once we stand naked before God, fig leaves stripped away, that God can come in and make us new. In confronting my past in this legal situation, I came to GYC 2009. I was preaching there in the mornings and my lawyer told me not to go. He said, look, they can call you any minute now for judgment. And if you're in that conference, he's like, you're gonna get arrested at GYC. So I'm going there preaching. And I said, God, if you let me go preach and keep me, I'm gonna preach the sermon, Unfulfilled Dreams. And it was because I knew that my life rested upon that day. Mm. This might be the last time I mount a pulpit to preach. And so my heart was so already stirred because I understood the circumstances I was facing that this might be the last time. So I walked on stage, preached that sermon that life continues to be a story of unfulfilled dreams. Because I felt in myself that it was my dream to be a part of that generation, to finish the work, and to see Jesus come in my lifetime. And it was about to be gone. You're going to sit in prison. And I remember preaching that sermon and realizing that God said to David where that verse comes from. He said, David, it is well, because it was within your heart. And so in a way, I was preaching to myself. Mm. Sebastian, it's okay because it was within your heart to do it. You may not see it, but it is well because it was within your heart. And I wanted that to be my last words, if indeed they were. To that generation of young people that I was ministering with beside 
before that we got to either finish this thing or die trying. But it's okay to have an unfulfilled dream. So I left that, got sentenced, and the judge <laughs> said, um, I never expect to see you in this courtroom again. And he issued a letter saying no probation officer, no individual in the legal system could deny me permission to travel, to preach. Put me on probation and I learned in that experience why Jacob is that character for me. I came face to face with my past, faced it, and nothing can change unless you face it. But once I did that, surrendered that, stopped pretending to be someone else, own who I am, confront my past, I'm now free to walk in my calling. He that hath an ear, let him hear. And you've just heard our latest show. If you'd like to hear more or harken back to a previous episode, you can find us now at wtdtpodcast.com. If you've been moved by this ministry through this episode or others, and you'd like to support us financially, you can become a patron. And if you do, you'll get early access to our episodes, discounts on our store, and access to our other podcast, a 40-day devotional podcast designed to kickstart your walk with God. We're calling it WTDT40. If this sounds like something you're interested in, or you just want to support in general, visit patreon.com forward slash WTDT to find out more. As always, please do subscribe, leave us a review, and follow our social media accounts on Instagram, Facebook, and now TikTok too. We'll see you on the next episode. Once again, I'm Dean Cullinane, and you're listening to Why They Did That.